I love reading romance, even with my mom. Historical, paranormal, a good rom com. We both like a grump, an alpha, and a beard. But reading with my mom, well, it gets kind of weird. I'm reading steamy scenes, getting bothered and hot. But if mom is asking, I read it for the plot. We look for swoony scenes, those moments that delight. Communication's good, and the banter's so right. So if you'd like to read along and join the group, here's a little secret I'll let you into the loop. It's just a little show that we like to dub, not your mom's romance book club. Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me as always is my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going? Hi, Ellen. It's going quite well. Awesome. Not joining us as always is listener Jennifer. Welcome, Jennifer. Thank you so much. So excited to be here. We are so happy to have you. Uh, Today, we are going to be talking with Jennifer about Husband Material by Alexis Hall. And later, we are going to get to know Jennifer a little bit better. But first, Mom, Jennifer, what have you been reading and watching? Let Jennifer go first. Jennifer. I have been watching the final season of Dairy Girls. Ah! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and what um, are you thinking? I loved it. It was wonderful. Yeah. I laughed. I cried. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. It really was a roller coaster. Speaking of, of romance. Hey, oh, well, that's like very minimal. More than I ever thought we'd get out of them. I know it's true. Um, but yeah, I loved I love that show. It's like just I, I love it um and we've been we've We've, been spreading the good word well we've been re-watching some of that season as well yeah because we we watched it we might have watched it when it was coming out in the UK because I'm an impatient Nelly um and so uh so now we so now we're re-watching it as it's on Netflix well here's the deal it's much easier to watch when you have subtitles on and the way we were watching originally we didn't have the subtitles yeah (laughs) subtitles yeah yeah. I can't always understand what they're saying yeah Yeah. um I oh what have you been reading oh um I besides rereading husband material I finished I read love on the brain uh by the new Allie Hazelwood Uh um fine I'm gonna give it a fine okay and I accidentally reread the gunkle which is not a romance okay um but it, it was on sale for $1.99 on Kindle. And I loved it the first time I read it and I bought it and I just kind of opened, you know, the first page and then just read the whole thing again. And it's so good. It's um, the gunkle, like gay uncle. Okay. Ah. It's so funny and heartwarming. It, the, not plot wise or anything, but you know, the way Ted Lasso makes you feel inside. Yeah. That's the way you feel when you read. Okay. So. All right. That's that's a ringing endorsement. I was going to ask how you accidentally reread a book, but <laughs> I would, would I would actually you would read a totally book because read. I would start thinking I've never read this book, and then about three fourths of the way through, wait a minute, I think I have. I have this book. I've, I've definitely pulled that before, um, especially with romance, right? Because it's like sometimes it's like because the title and cover do absolutely nothing to help you, and it's like. Or sometimes I'll like straight up change the covers. And so like, I'll go onto my Kindle and I'm like, oh, I've never read this book before. I don't recognize it. And then I'm like, wait a second. Wait a minute. They're pulling I a fast one. I do recognize this. Um, 
I have actually been sort of quasi reading books this week, believe it or not. Um, so we use the term reading loosely. Well, because I am no longer on the big brother train, um, which was taking up a lot of my like, because I was listening to a big brother podcast as well. So now that I'm not doing that, I've been listening to audiobooks when I'm driving to and from work. So I listened to, I was just looking for something that I knew I liked and I wouldn't have to, because I can't pay, especially because I'm always like doing it while I'm driving to work or even sometimes when I'm at work and like grading papers. So you something. can't rage drive and listen to no, it's hard a, for me. a book at the same time. Right. So I have been listening to Romancing the Duke by Tessa Dare. Um, just because I've listened to, to it many times, actually. Mm-hmm. That was the first one that mom listened was, to. But Ellen had to fast forward through lots of it. It was my first romance mm-hmm. first. Yeah. And she was super self-conscious of all the sexy parts. Yeah. And, and there were a lot of them. There so, were a lot. So and I, I even when I was like, two-thirds of the book <laughs> even when I was listening this time I was like oh my gosh I can't believe I like was letting mom listen to this okay well you weren't yeah I know <laughs> um and so I finished that and then I just I'm keeping on with a series so I'm in like I'm almost done now with say yes to the Marquess um and then I'm gonna read when a Scott ties a knot which mm-hmm. from my memory was my favorite of the series so um I'm excited to get into that one. Um, and then we've been watching Taskmaster and that's basically it. Okay. Did you ask me what I've been reading? What have you been reading? I did. Did you? Listen to. Oh, boyfriend, boyfriend material. material. Okay. Before I read the book, which I don't know if that helped or hindered, but yeah, um, I just wanted to be reminded of the story. I mean, I knew I loved it and I remember the uh, huge parts of it, but I wanted to have it in my brain before I read the new book. Yeah. Um, and have you been watching anything other than what I you watched with me? I I didn't. You've been watch. watching a lot of Taskmaster. Yeah, we have. I I have. You been. have. Yeah. Just because I need, I've been crocheting, and I just need something, and you know, folding laundry and cleaning my kitchen, and so I just like to have something on in the background. Yeah. Um. So that's what we've been up to, and then this week I'm actually house sitting for a friend of ours. And so mom and I aren't going to be together for like what? a week. I know she's going to be so sad. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I bet you are. Right. <laughs> Whatever. Um, okay. Jennifer, have you been reading anything? Did I cut you off? Have you been reading or watching anything else that you wanted to share with us? No, nope, that was it. Okay. Um, all right. Today we are talking about husband material. Uh, by Alexis Hall. It is the follow-up novel to Hall's 2020 release, Boyfriend Material, which we featured on the show and even gave our best of the year honor to that year. Um, Those are, these both are part of the London Calling series. The next installment, 10 Things That Never Happened, is set to come out a year from now. I'm still not a hundred percent sure who it's about. Alexis Hall said it's about a grumpy person from Luke's university days. Jonathan, from when they go to the first wedding. It's Jonathan. Okay. Okay. I was wondering why they were like focusing on him and then he never showed up again. Okay. Okay. That makes more sense. Okay. Cause I was like, who is that going to be about? All right. So that's who that's going to be about. And then there's also a planned father material as well. Um, so here is the back cover description for 
or one, I found a bunch of different back cover descriptions for this book, but uh, one back cover description for husband material. Two years ago, Luke O'Donnell and Oliver Blackwood met, pretended to fall in love, fell in love for real, dealt with heartbreak and disappointment and family and friends, and somehow figured out a way to make it all work. Now it seems like everyone around them is getting married and Luke's feeling the social pressure to propose. That's what you do when you love someone this desperately, right? But it'll take more than four weddings, a funeral, and a hotly contested rainbow balloon arch to get this semi-disgraced son of a former rock star's and his tightly buttoned up boyfriend from I don't know what I'm doing to I do. Good thing Oliver is such perfect husband material. Um, so before I ask what we thought of husband material, Jennifer, what was your previous history with uh, boyfriend material? I discovered boyfriend material through your podcast. Yeah. Okay. Yay. And it's, I can talk about it more later, but it's very special to me because it's, just a wonderful book, but it's been a hard couple of years for all of us, hasn't it? And I yeah. think that, especially for me, that book just really, I would go to it when I was feeling, you know, like I needed to be lifted up or, you know, some sunshine in my life. So yeah. it's a really special book to me. And I want to say thank you for your <laughs> podcast. Well, it's done the same for me. Through the we can't even take credit. It's like, Cause it's you guys who all tell us what books to read. So, yeah. um, and but, in fairness, a lot of people talk about boyfriend material, Yeah, <laughs> but, um, no, but I, I mean, I talked about last week when I had read it, I love this. Like, I love boyfriend material. It's, it's such like, I don't know. It's such like, yeah. Like for, like you said, I mean, it's definitely going to become like one that I revisit where I'm just like, I want to, I want to listen to something that's going to make me happy and you know I was telling mom I'm like it's one of those books that like just it makes you feel the butterflies it makes you like it puts you right there like with them and um and it just like makes me who's not in a relationship it makes me want to like be in love which is not always like you know a lot of them I'm like oh that's sweet I'm happy for them but this one I'm like oh I want that, like that, that feeling that they're describing, like, it's so, it's so like beautifully put and like, you just want what they're describing on the page. So I freaking love boyfriend material. Like, and I'm always telling people if, who, if they're looking for like a rom com book, I'm like boyfriend material. It's so good. It's so funny. It's so romantic. It's, you know, same. yeah. What yeah. about it? Yeah. Um, do you have anything you want to say about boyfriend material before we dive into husband? No, I, cause I just listened to it too. I, I love that book. I love the, it was fun to listen to it as opposed to reading it. Cause last yeah. time I read it and it's fun to hear the voices and, and get those voices in your head before we read this book, because I literally was using those voices when I was listening yeah. to the book Same. or reading the book. And, um, uh, it's just such a, a feel good. And, and like I, I said this when we first did our last podcast, podcast on it is I love the whole Luke is a screwed up one Oliver's got his crap together and then his story goes on you realize oh Luke is pulling it together but but Oliver's kind of screwed up and so they they really lean on each other it wasn't like a grumpy sunshine it was yeah it's very much a you know balance in the hero heroes yeah so yeah for sure um okay so mom Jennifer what did you think of husband material Jennifer we will defer to you first I will give it a love 
And okay. I will say I loved it. Did I love it more than boyfriend material? No, like it's not quite up there with boyfriend material for me. So I have a few quibbles, but I just loved being back with all of, of these characters so much. Like when chapter two opens, like with um, Luke telling Alex a joke, I, I like I just like screamed because I was yeah. so happy. <laughs> with them. Um, what elevates it to a love for me is also, even though, you know, there's some things, uh, quibbles and such, um, some really extraordinary things and things that he does that I think are brilliant and like kind of blew me away, like the funeral scene. Yeah. For sure. Um, and I also like to talk about Miles and Jojo because that really impressed me how he handled that too. Yeah. Um, but that uh, just for the funeral scene, I think I could like give it up to a love because it was everything so beautiful and sad and heartbreaking. Yeah. Okay, mom. I'm gonna say I I really really liked it at just below a love, and there are some reasons. Um, and I tried not to compare it too much to boyfriend material. I was trying to let it stand on its own merit. It's hard to do that when I had just listened to boyfriend material. But um, there were a few things, a few quibbles I had with it. Um, but for the most part, I would give a really, really like almost a love. But yeah, um, I, uh, I'm, I'm a really like, I, here's the thing. I, because I love boyfriend material so much and, and because a big part of why I love boyfriend material so much is the characters and the crazy hijinks and all of those things. Um, I enjoyed spending time with this whole cavalcade of characters and um, and all of that. Um, I I think at the end of the book, though, I was kind of like, that was nice. I enjoyed that. I'm not like angry. I read it. There's nothing particularly wrong with it. I just kind of wonder if it was completely necessary to like as a my as a book in general correct um to and like and to my feeling that oliver and and luke were gonna have a happily ever after you know like i i had faith that those two were gonna make it work and you know now i have even more and and that's good um and and i am glad that we get like the funeral scene and even that we get the payoff non-payoff at the end um, which we can talk about. Um, and so I'm not, like I said, I'm not mad at anything. There's not, I don't even really have really any huge like problems with the book. I'm just kind of like, okay. And, and a lot of it is just hijinks. So it's kind of like, okay, I don't like, I don't entirely understand what the point of this is, which sounds meaner than I want it to sound just for the record. But that's that's kind of where I overall stand with the book. Um, so with that, what did we think of Luke again as our main POV hero? I will say like he's kind of our main character. Um, Jennifer. What did you think? I was really happy to see Luke had, has kind of come come away, come a long ways, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, much like 
healthier mindset about himself. And I think um, Alexis Hall does a great job of showing, even when he does start to spiral, like in the very beginning um, mm-hmm. of the book, that he can pull himself back uh, pretty, you know, pretty well. Yeah. Um, and he's still not perfect. I mean, <laughs> it still, still has some growth. Um, but there's several times I think where he's more thoughtful and I wouldn't have described him as thoughtful <laughs> before and boy from material, like not really until the end, I think. Um, yeah. And just personally, I'm really glad he was still working at C-R-A-P-E-P <laughs> because <laughs> I was worried that um, he would, you know, have come Moved so on. far that he would have gotten a brand new like fancy job and we wouldn't have seen like our friends again and he wouldn't still be a fundraiser um but i'm, I'm happy that he is as because i'll maybe say more towards the end but i'm a fundraiser too and that's part of why i love uh, okay. luke and boyfriend material so much <laughs> there you go yeah. um mom thoughts well i agree i was really happy with the growth he had made that he was it really seemed he was trying to improve himself and be a better person. And, um, I, I had a few problems with, I didn't think he was very nice when he was talking about to his working colleagues about inviting them to the wedding. I do agree. Yes. I don't know that <laughs> he was really awful, but I really think that could have been handled better by oh, just about God. anyone. <laughs> Yeah. So that that I was that made me cringe a little bit when he was having that conversation with who was his coworker Barbara Barbara and, and Reese <clears throat> and when well, mainly with Barbara I don't think yeah. she handled that well at all. Um, uh, there were a couple of times I was like, "Ooh, Luke, Luke, you can do better." You <laughs> so um, he still had some room to grow, and uh, and I always loved that Oliver always kind of supported him through most of that well like will support him but also be like but you know <laughs> like that we could have we could have maybe like handled that a little bit better i'm assuming you're gonna have a question about side characters as we go on yeah okay. sort of okay then i won't bring up some of my okay um yeah no i really feel like luke has his stuff together this time around you know like he's it's like you said, he shows a lot of um, moments of emotional maturity where he's like, pause, let's like think about, he's kind of got like a, what would Oliver do, you know, situation mentality in some situations where he's like, you know, like being more polite, being more thoughtful of like other people's feelings. Um, Except for, I'm really only like, that's kind of the only one where I was like, ooh, Luke, <laughs> that was, that was rough. <laughs> there were some conversations. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. There were a couple conversations that he had with Oliver that I thought. Yeah. Like when they're but, arguing about the wedding stuff and it wasn't just Luke. I, I was going to say Oliver was also too. kind of in the wrong in a lot of that too. Um, and so much so that I sometimes felt like Luke got kind of like a bad rap with like what a hot mess he was. I'm like, okay like sort of but he's like made a lot of progress like especially since it's been two years since he was a hot mess yeah totally hot mess yeah so um uh but I really like Luke is a really fun character to spend time with and a lot of that is due to Alexis Hall's writing and um and 
just like his his turn of phrase with you know things is always really funny and um yeah I just I I really in, enjoy Luke as a character this time around and the first time around um what did we think of Oliver as our other hero Jennifer He, I'm glad he's been in therapy for two years. I think he's still had a lot of work to do. Uh, my heart kind of breaks for him. Yeah. Um, really interesting questions of identity and how you express that identity. But I think he's, well, he comes at towards the end, you know, pretty clear on like what he believes about like rainbows, but like everything that stands for. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, but I still think that he's, oh, my dog has just burst into the room. Well, <laughs> yeah. mine is snoring in a corner. So we'll... um, yeah, he, he's, and he's always, he's funny too, like in his own way, when we see him being funny, a little like asides, like he's, what does he say? Like, you've taught me to be a little meaner. Yeah. <laughs> or, or like, or Luke says, oh, here comes, <laughs> I've accidentally brought mean all over with yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. I like those funny. moments too, where he kind of has, gets his little, little digs in and he's like, oh, you're kind of a messy bitch or something. <laughs> like that. I like their use of the word bitch. And then it was always, uh, they're repurposing it. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we've reclaimed it. Reclaimed it. Yeah. Um, any other thoughts? I don't want to cut you off. Okay. Mom, Oliver. Um, Oliver, I agree with Jennifer. I, Oliver, I'm glad he's been in therapy. I think he still needs more therapy. Um, well, especially because of events in this book. In this I book, he like that to... funeral. I was like, oof, oof. Um, however, when it happened, I was really glad to see him stand up to his dad. And Luke really got to take the back seat and just kind of let Oliver go with that. And I was glad to see Oliver go with it. And so you can really, in this book, you can really see the influence Oliver has had in Luke's life over the past two years. And you can see the influence that Luke has had in Oliver's life over the past two years. And it's kind of fun. It was really well-written on Alexis Hall's part to show that those nuances in the characters. Yeah, well, and for the characters themselves to recognize, like, you know, you may say, x y and z about me but like you have those traits too yeah. and like i've gotten so much from you and um i just yeah i have a really soft spot in my heart for oliver i love like his little repressed um you know emotional heart and um and there's there's a lot of i mean so picking I mean, obviously we're going to talk about Sweeney moments later, but there's a lot of moments where like, they're just like comforting each other. And it's, and yeah. the way that it's written is so swoony and, you know, where they just kind of like rely on each other and, and hold each other. And I'm just like, oh. um, but I felt like Oliver needed a lot of that. <laughs> and, um, and I, I, yeah, I really love, I just love Oliver, but yes, I agree. Like in, in a lot of ways, um he you know like you said at boyfriend material you kind of see that flip and then I think in this book it's still just kind of flipped like <laughs> for most of the book like where Oliver is kind of needing you know some emotional grounding throughout a lot of the book um but I just I I love him and I love his 
sweet tender heart um and okay let's talk about the book overall how did you feel about spending i've kind of already made my feelings on this uh but how did you feel about spending another book with these characters you know both luke and oliver but everybody else as well because i feel like we get a lot of everybody in this book so jennifer Um, I've been looking forward to this book since it was announced. Um, I was thinking about, uh, it's unusual like to have a sequel like this. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I, I think it does really well is, so the first and boyfriend material is really like opposites attract. And how does opposites attract like work in the long run? <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's, it's sweet like to, or fun to see opposites attract get together, but like, how do you stay together if you're such kind of different personalities and um, come from different families and backgrounds also? Um, and so that's what I really liked in terms of spending you know time with them again is to see how much they've grown and mm -hmm. how much they at that kind of opposites attracted them actually complements each other. And I, yeah. so I, I really liked that. Um, and I loved being with all of our fun side characters again. I think um, Alex is one of my favorite side characters of all time. But in this one, I think Reese almost like kind of edged him out <laughs> with, uh, uh, you know, hashtag Reistocrats. Right? Reese, Reistocrats. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I knew I, when it was announced or I had attended, I've attended almost all like the online events that Alexis all does. And so I knew that this was going to be like four weddings and a funeral homage. Mm -hmm. And so I think going into it, knowing that kind of like prepared me for <laughs> some things about it. And some of the emotional beats. Yeah. Some of the emotional beats for it. Yeah. I would say in one of my, and this is one of my quibbles with the book. I love the side characters. I felt in the beginning, I had a hard time getting into this story because the thing I loved about boyfriend material is I loved the romance between Oliver and Luke. I loved that dynamic. And in the beginning, especially the beginning of this book, we don't get a lot of that because we're at Bridget's wedding and, and we're spending quite a few chapters at that wedding. And there's not a lot of Oliver Luke interaction. And um, so as much as I love the side characters, I felt that we have more, um, like it was relying very heavily on the side characters. And as much as I love the people that he works with, I get frustrated reading the people that he works with because it would frustrate me to work with those people. <laughs> as much as I think they're cute and quirky, I, I would truly get frustrated working with <laughs> them and their Man, I'll tell you that the most, this is like tangential a little bit, but the most frustrating interaction was the email oh. between him and Barbara about the copier. He's like, you see the dilemma here, right? <laughs> that I'm not allowed to put paper in it, but also like nobody can come and fix it. So and I was just like, oh my gosh, because the amount of times I just like DIY a copier. Well, or there's, and you'll probably find this in teaching. There's a lot of those kind of catch 22 situations where it's like, okay, you don't want me to do this, but how am I supposed to get kids to learn this if you won't let me teach it? Yeah. And uh, anyway, that is tangential. Yeah, but um, you made it more tangential. I did. The, I the did. Sorry. Record. But um, 
so that was just one of my things is, is I kind of got lost in these almost vignettes that they had um, where I really wanted to focus more on Luke and Oliver and their so I think it gets a little bit better as it goes along because definitely I think once we start you know unfortunately getting into the funeral and more of their wedding planning it feels more about about them and um I was kind of I was more on board with that um and I I will agree that there's a lot at the beginning where I'm like okay this is fun and I'm enjoying this however what is purpose yeah I wanted to get to the story the Luke and Oliver story and it took a little while to get to that story so um anyway go ahead fine with actually honestly I would have been fine without the Tom um is cheating on me from Bridget yeah yeah um because he would never (laughs) yeah and she knows he's a spy or whatever his job is I'm gonna say he's a spy she knows that and um and then also yeah I think that just could have I would have been fine skipping to the hijinks of the wedding and forgetting the dress because that was funny and that brings in um his mom mom and Judy Judy, who are hilarious and that was fun (laughs) yeah I I agree with that like that because that whole when that whole thing was happening I was like and you know that I wanted Oliver to be like do we think that maybe this is just part of his job? Cause that's like, <laughs> as a reader and as someone who knows this about that, I'm like, that was immediately where my mind went. Yes. So then when that was the reveal, I'm like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I could have told you guys this. <laughs> well, almost everybody that talked to Bridget though, brought that up. Is this, there's gotta be a reason there's gotta be something going on. And, and she's just like, no, no. It's and so, yeah, it's a little like ugh, frustrating. Um, anyway. And, I have to be honest, I, I get the whole thing about Miles' wedding, but to me, I would just, if there was a, someone who had done that to me, there's no way I'd go to their wedding. <laughs> Maybe that makes me less of a person, but I'd just I be agree. like, you know what? I don't want to go to this effing guy's funeral or wedding. <laughs> wedding. Um, <laughs> Hard no. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, and I think you can get over it without attending his wedding. Yeah. I mean, I think you can forgive him and move on without necessarily being a guest at his wedding because the whole wedding was painful for both he and Oliver because he was mingling with people that he didn't really care for anymore and um, Oliver was in a whole situation that he was uncomfortable in so I don't know the whole thing seemed a little harsh to me for both of them anyway that's just me I loved I love Jojo and I'm very protective of him and um, I hate Miles, and I think he deserves better. Yeah, <laughs> Miles. Yeah. I cannot believe that he didn't know until a few weeks, like a week or whatever, before his wedding, that Miles had done that to Luke. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he was obviously worried that uh, it might happen to him too. So, yeah. yeah, that's what I think is really was. I did not expect that to happen, so I thought that was really um, brilliant and smart of um, Alexis Hall to have Jojo come to the office afterwards and say, I wanted you to come because I wanted to know that if this happened to me, I would be okay. I was like, Oh yeah. I, I did like that. Like I, I will agree. Like, you know, no way in hell I would go to that guy's wedding and I would probably be way less forgiving of him and be like, you know what, sir. Um, and, um, so 
I totally I wonder that, if they're setting but, that up as a storyline for this other book, the one with Jonathan. Maybe. Um, who knows? But I did, um, I will agree. I, I liked the kind of where where that went with, with JoJo and and that that was kind of like unexpected closure yes. that I didn't see coming. So right. I did it like, so we're talking about like, I totally saw the Tom and Bridget thing coming. I appreciated about that, that that was then a element that I didn't see coming. And I was like, oh, that was a nice like healthy surprise. And as we're talking about these separate stories, I have to say the whole thing about the people he works with breaking into someone's house. I thought that was entertaining. That, that was funny. <laughs> um, okay. So let's do that. What was your favorite wedding and or funeral? <laughs> well, I, the funeral is kind of its own thing, right? Yeah. I was going to say for very different reasons. <laughs> um, probably Alex's wedding was my favorite of the weddings. That was definitely like the most entertaining. Yeah. And I liked that they, he spent most of his time on that storyline rather than the actual wedding itself. Cause you know, there was very little that happened there at the wedding. So it was just kind of a write off, but um, if we'd spent more time in it, I was already getting bogged down in some little things. So yeah. Jennifer. was really funny and then Judy coming into the rescue um and I think I forget who said it to him if it was Oliver or someone else has said you're posher than you admit like, <laughs> <laughs> this I, don't, I forget Judy's title like Baroness or something yeah. but um and she had like five or six wedding dresses for that was funny <laughs> well and I like the, the you know nefarious uh think ways that she's lost husbands <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like so she, you never she know. quite the character. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was fun. Um, um, what were some of your biggest LOLs in the book? Oh. I, the one that stood out to me that I like highlighted and made me laugh was when Luke is trying to kind of seduce Oliver. I think it's around the, the pretty woman stage. And he says to him, um, cause he's trying to like, you've already been punished. You had to eat that dreadful pie. Um, he's like, that is very much not the punishment that I had in mind. He says, I don't think framing sex with me as a punishment is quite the compliment that you think it is. <laughs> Just like, I, I mean, so it's like we were saying, like those bantery moments between Luke and Oliver are like, what are my catnip with these books? So the more of that we got, the happier I was personally, but Jennifer, do you have one that sticks out for you? Um, I think Reese is social media. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think the frustrating with that though is he's going to get himself in trouble. I thought for sure something was going to happen where he revealed something about Luke and then Luke ended up in the tabloids again, just because that was such like a big story element in the last book that I thought I'm like, something is going to happen that he's going to let spill and it's going to like screw Luke and Oliver over. Well, that didn't happen. The fact that you can't just put people on the internet without their permission and think everybody's going to be okay with that. And he could have gotten himself in a lot of trouble. 
Yeah, we just had that at my work. I was going to say, Ellen just had an incident at work. Where... <laughs> so, um, but I would say my LOL moment, and this is just a one line off thing that I thought was hilarious, is when um, uh, Luke and Oliver are talking and uh, Luke says, I could point out that any career that involved wearing a wig, but never lip syncing was weird. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I thought them poking this fun at their own legal you know yeah which is a little it is funny that they still do they the still whole do the whole wig thing. thing yeah um especially like you know even ladies now are wearing those yeah so it's a little bizarre wigs. but whatever um, i guess it's tradition no there's a, there's a lot of like really funny stuff in there i mean like the whole copy problem with the shirts at the beginning was funny yeah. Yeah, um i highlighted that too uh, I don't know. There was they, just, they have they have a lot of just banter, like one liners that are just really funny, both internal mm-hmm. monologue and like yeah and dialogue. Yeah. Um, I liked Anne with one N, and they kept calling her Aunt or Anna, <laughs> Anna, Anna with, with one, one N. N. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's you know per per Alexis Hall's track record with boyfriend material, this one was also well. And speaking funny. of Anna with one N. The whole conversation about her being a teacher and then realizing she could make more money. And then Reese later on painful. saying, I know it's weird for me to tell you how to find my girlfriend's boobies on the internet. Yeah. No, <laughs> but they but, that, but they're top notch. You know that that you know that, that whole that whole dialogue, I was just like, oh, this is painful. Um, as I just, as have just started teaching. Education. Well, now um, you know there's a backup career out there. That's true. I could make a little side hustle. <laughs> Like nobody w- else is taking advantage of them. Maybe someone <laughs> I, on the internet I would will. recommend doing it while you're a teacher, though. I think you might get in trouble. You for don't that. know. You don't know. <laughs> Anna's doing it. No, Anna's doing it after. She, okay. Yeah. She left teaching. Okay. All right. Fine. Whatever. And it's Anna uh, with one N. I'm surprised you. <laughs> sorry. It's like full, Anne full with, name. Like Anne with an E. Yeah. Um. Okay. So let's talk about this delicately <laughs> um oliver and luke often go back to this argument that you kind of touched on jennifer that they have on joining the community and how they feel represented or in oliver's case like not necessarily represented by the quote-unquote community um jennifer i won't speak for you we are not members of said community um so I want to like, I don't feel like my opinion specifically on this matters. However, it got me thinking a lot about um, just when people make blanket assumptions about a group of people, like women in general, or, you know, our religious sect or um teachers in general or whatever in general and they just make assumptions about you as a person based on whatever group you may fit into um either gender or religion or skin color or anything you know all of them are like this and it's like okay well that's not true yeah and i think people do that a lot with you know the gay community and um well i think even more now as as it gets more nuanced and more widely accepted and more people are like finding themselves in that community it's like you're going to get a wider 
spectrum of people. And so I really appreciate, and this is something that came up in the first book as well. And so while I don't think I can say anything necessarily about it, it was, it was refreshing and interesting to obviously see Alexis Hall's, you know, stance on the issue and kind of this dialogue taking place in the book. And, and because it was such a big kind of sticking point for them, it came up a lot. Um, and I thought it was a really interesting dialogue that they were like kind of having throughout the book on it. Um, any more thoughts on that? Me either, um, but my teenage kid is identifies. I'll say with several letters in the LGBTQIA plus community, and I actually tried to grill them about this book and this issue, um, and they said um, basically the same thing. Especially, I said, I know that you love, um, uh, you know, rainbows and just everything like the culture that comes along and. Um, like they like to quiz me, they like they'll shout, "What's the bisexual anthem?" And then I have to say, "Sweater weather, <laughs> my girl in red." <laughs> yeah. Like, but I but I describe the book to them, and they know that this is like my favorite book. I talk about it a lot, mm-hmm. um, and they said, "No, you can be like you don't have to like the same things, or you know, there's room like the big umbrella room for all different kinds of things and what and what you know people like or not like." That's yeah. like a, that's a 17 year old's opinion, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. one, you know, one person, but yeah. um, it's, I think he really, ex- Alexis Hall explores it with um, real nuance, I think, um, because he does acknowledge and Oliver acknowledges, you know, I probably do have some internal, you know, some things from growing up that I've internalized, but that still doesn't mean that I, I still don't like some of this. I still think it's, um, what was he saying about the, oh, that it's um, commercialized. Yeah. 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 He's like, I s- still believe that. That has nothing to do with how I was brought up and I don't like that part of it. Or so I, th- I thought that Alexis always um, wrote that. And that's a, that's kind of a long argument that you could have <laughs> like for years and, yeah. and you could evolve and change. But I thought that it was really interesting that that kind of was a thread through the whole book of how like they dealt with that well and I've heard that like I've heard it brought up about that community in general before like on other forums like on podcasts and things like that you know that some people really jive with that you know um that that aspect of the lifestyle and some it's like yeah I mean like I'm happy that we have a community where people feel embraced and welcome um but that specific you know is not necessarily my cup of tea and I think because we they are such an opposites attract that it's um kind of a good um setting to show to show that dichotomy with within you know the group within the community so anytime we read a book where it's a culture that I'm not super familiar with and I get insights into that culture. I really enjoy that aspect of reading in general. Yes. So whether it's, you know, they're from somewhere or, you know, a race or an ethnicity or whatever. Um, I really enjoy reading books where 
there's some kind of culture that I'm not overly familiar with and I learn more about that culture. So that's why this reading this book, um, I really just that you're not like a member of, like you can feel as, you know, you can feel as well-versed in the LGBTQIA community as possible, but like you're still, if you're still not a member of it, like there's, you're still always going to be able to, or even if you are a member of it, I suppose, but like, you're still going to be able to gain somebody else's insight into that culture or ethnicity or whatever. And, um, you know, I think we've talked about it before, but I think that's kind of, um, the, the magical thing about reading. I was even talking to my students about that. Like, you know, reading is when you get to step into somebody else's shoes and kind of see what, what their point of view is for a little while. So, um, you know, I think that's, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. That's, pretty that's cool. me trying to make reading cool for kids. <laughs> this is hey. so cool. <laughs> oh, Fonzie's your go-to. Yeah. Cool, huh? hey. <laughs> that's sad. I go on and I start the jukebox. Um, but yeah, so I, I really liked that. I liked it in the first book, but this one, it really like even further runs with it. Um, and I did, it was funny to me when he's like, it's all tat with rainbows. He's like, it's tat. <laughs> and then just this like whole kind of conversation about it being tacky or whatever. It was kind of funny. Um, and the, and just the sticking point that the balloon arch became, it's like that effing balloon, balloon arch. <laughs> um okay what did we think of some of the emotional beats particularly with the dads I would say is kind of the big ones and then we'll talk about the eventual decision at the end but I guess here I wanted to get our insights on the funeral um Jennifer what what are your thoughts and feelings I automatically thought it would be Luke's father because that was like the main story like last time yeah um but so as that as soon as the, the chapter ends and Oliver says to his father go f yourself I was like oh no it's <laughs> I mean it's yeah, Oliver's, it's Oliver's father. yeah he's he's gonna die that's gonna be the funeral and I had to put it down I was so upset I'm Oliver, that's the last thing you ever said to your yeah. father. I got so upset for him. But what I, what I, it was so emotional. What I felt, um, again, when I said like it was kind of a step above in the writing was, he's like, I'm not sorry I said it. I'm sorry I didn't say it a long time ago so that maybe we could have worked through it and yeah. come to a different place. <laughs> almost get choked up where we left where he left the earth <laughs> yeah that's always going to be where it is um and that he stands you know he gives this speech that uh, like the acceptable speech that he writes first um to luke but then when he gets up there at the funeral and like that whole pa- that whole chapter is just the speech it's yeah um like uninterrupted without yep. any, you know, dialogue tags or anything. Yeah. It's just, um, it's, it was amazing. I thought. Yeah. Well, I would say the thing that was emotional for me surrounding the funeral, I mean, it was, 
was him and Christopher, him and his brother, um, having their, having their like, you know, rap session afterwards. And, um, you know, both of them venting their feelings about they liked you best. No, they liked you best. And, and, um, and me, I just be like, are we really failing to see what was going on here? (laughs) Yeah. Seriously. (laughs) That they played us against each other. Yeah. But, um, uh, there were a lot of f bombs at that funeral, and, yeah. uh, and I was like, "Wow, maybe we could have made the speech with fewer f bombs." But like Ellen says, in England, they they use it more than we do, so it's not Care as less about that. They they worry less about that yeah. than we do here. But um, uh, but I really liked the conversation that Christopher and Oliver had, and then that you know at the end they were like, "Okay, well, let's get together this week," and let's, and so and even towards the end, he m- mentions that they were working their way towards a better place. So, mm-hmm. you know, and without their dad playing them against each other, you know, bless his heart. I'm sorry, he's dead. But without that there, um, I think that'll help those two boys kind of work on their sibling relationship. Yeah. I, I knew we were working towards a funeral just from, um, I, I had also seen the four weddings and the funeral uh, comparison going in. Um, and so I knew we were headed in that direction and the less time we spent with Luke's dad and the more time we kind of spent talking at least about, you know, the effect that, uh, Oliver's relationship with his parents was having. And especially once they got engaged and his parents were kind of, you know, meh about it, I was like, okay, it's, it's, it's going to be Oliver's dad that passed away. Um, and yeah, I, re- I, I kind of also figured that we were building towards some kind of big emotional blow up in, in some, in some way, but I, I also really liked that speech and just like also what it had to say about death and relationships and that yeah. they're complicated. And, you know, that when he's just talking about like, All I can say with certainty is that my dad was a complicated man and I had a complicated relationship with him. You know, like I can't say these other things that my mom wanted me to say. Um, And I, you know, I also like that we don't see much of the emotion, like much of the fallout from that other than like with Christopher, like even his mom doesn't give him much to work with in terms of any sort of reaction, but just that Oliver kind of just gets to have his own catharsis and not have it like, I don't know, not have to deal with many ramifications. Well, I like the point that like the story, the halibut story that he was going to tell. And the whole point of the halibut story was you got to stand up for yourself. And, um, Oliver's thing was, So I did, I did did that. It was a little too late, but I did stand up for myself and you can't dispute that. Yeah. And, um, but the thing is, is his dad's story was he was standing up for himself and he was completely wrong. I mean, he was standing up for something that was completely wrong. And Oliver was standing up for himself in in a right way. Mm -hmm. And um, anyway, well, and just, you know, and talking about death and like how it's always going to have the what ifs and that's kind of the sucky thing about death is that there's always going to be kind of like well what if you know I did this and for him it's what if I had done this sooner what if we had been able to like move past this what kind of relationship would we have had and and so I just thought that was really 
beautiful and touching. And especially because like I said, I have a really soft spot for sweet little Oliver. Um, so I really liked that. I like, I like you. I liked what it had the implications it has on his relationship with his brother. And, um, and I also like what, um, the dialogue that they then had about the differences between their relationships with their fathers, right. Where, um, Luke is presented with, should I invite my dad? Should I let my dad come to our wedding? And he, and Oliver having just lost his dad is like, well, you know, like you only have one dad. And he's like, I, I do not want to negate what you have just gone through with your father. <laughs> However, like we have very different relationships with our dads yeah. and, and it's kind of in keeping with what Oliver was saying at the funeral, like relationships are complicated and it's, you know, no one relationship. And it, he said it in his uh, eulogy, like everybody's relationship with my dad is completely different. <laughs> you know, like your relationship with my dad is very different than the one that I had with him. So, um, so yeah, so I liked more of that exploration between them and their fathers in this book on top of, you know, what, what happened in the first book. Um, and I also liked, um, uncle Jim. Yeah. And, um, kind of the, I especially liked when uncle Jim was like, and then, you know, you came out saying that to Oliver and, and, you know, he never, that his dad never said anything, but it was kind of implied like it was Uncle Jim's fault. Like Uncle Jim was made to feel like, I don't know, like Oliver coming out was like it's genetic. <laughs> I don't know, but that's that's kind of imp- what I got as an implication. And um, I don't know, just that it's not too late, Uncle Jim. If yeah. you want to explore that, like, you know, there's there's groups out there for that. A group out there for everything it's true um so yeah so I liked I liked all of the funeral stuff it was obviously like the saddest part and 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 the most worrisome part for Oliver but also like I said those are some moments that I really liked where you know they kind of comfort each other through a lot of that stuff um when he um is that afterwards when Luke says in this room, I'm giving you permission to be as <laughs> mean or honest or and before the funeral. Yeah, just be yeah, as before. mean as you want. And I think that's when he starts com- talking about Christopher. This and, is the hate circle or yeah. something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but that's especially someone like Oliver needs that. Like where yes. it's like, this yeah. is your safe space to be as mm-hmm. bitchy and honest and like whatever as you need to be. Let it fly. Yeah. No and, one's going to judge you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like that a lot as well. And, um, and just like when he comes home and he's like, you know, and Luke's like, what can I do for you? Like, can I, and he's like, honestly, like, I know this is going to be in keeping with your thinking I'm boring, but I just want to go to bed. And he's like, okay. And then they just like, you know, and Luke says like, I'm trying to think like, you know, saying he, he was an asshole anyway, or whatever, like saying all these things. He's like, so I just went with, I love you. And then they just like <laughs> hold each other. And I'm like, you're so sweet. Um, okay. Uh, what did you think of their eventual decision? Spoiler alert. 
at the end of the book. Jennifer. Um, I guess what I have to say, or what I had to do the first time I read it was like separate what I wanted for the two of them with what they wanted for their relationship and what, um, and when I read it the second time, I like highlighted a lot, like, okay, there's, there's gotta be hints <laughs> through the whole novel that, that I missed, or I was just too excited, you know, that this book existed and I kind of breezed past, um, for, uh, maybe they shouldn't, um, I don't know if it's not that they're ready for this because if, or that the, that's not the shape that they want their relationship to take um, at this point. I do feel like Oliver yeah. is eventually going to be swayed by the practicalities of the tax breaks and things like yeah. that. It just seems like, <laughs> it seems like Oliver-esque. Yeah. Which it, I mean, originally that, that was a thing that he mentioned. <laughs> um, I will say like when the proposal happened, I was like, oh, that's it. Like that's exactly what I thought. We're getting this now. And, um, like this isn't very romantic. What is this? Yeah. And so then when, um, and then there are some hints along the way that both of them are kind of like, "Mm." well, even when he gave him the ring, I thought, well, take a guy to dinner first or something. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Cause he like feels bad about how he proposes the first time, but then the second time he proposes, I'm like, just sitting around work. Like he's sitting working and it's just like, gets down on one knee. I was like, okay, well, this isn't super. Let's have a little buildup. Yeah. <laughs> I did, however. Mother. Yes. Yeah. That, that was, was a big was funny. That was, that was, <laughs> that I, forgot I definitely knew days ago. <laughs> Mom, you're ruining it. <laughs> you're not a good liar. Um, I did like the whole scene at the jewelry store with the yeah. prick guy that was <laughs> big mistake, huge. <laughs> well, just this, the store guy who was like, would sir like to? I was like, don't talk like that. You sound super pretentious, and like an idiot. <laughs> well, and I was, and I like, he's like, if my fiance needs to come in and resize his ring, will you treat him with more respect than you've treated me? <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So I'm with you, Jennifer. I'm, um, I, 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 when it happened, I wasn't like completely shocked by it. Um, and but it did kind of for me add to the okay so what was the point of this <laughs> you know, like, we're really right where we left off yeah, <laughs> like we're just now in a committed healthy relationship <laughs> which is where we started the book um and you know granted I think they've now been through some more stuff that makes them more committed and um they've I have to say, though, that if every couple who planned a wedding and had fights during the wedding planning thing decided not to get married, there'd be a lot fewer weddings. I swear every single one of my friends who like because I've been a bridesmaid 13 times. Right. Whoa. So um, so you're I've, an expert. I'm an expert. I've been with I've been through the planning process of a wedding <laughs> with a lot of friends, um, but every single one of them would voice at one point like I just wish it was over and we were just like married that the wedding was just done and we were just married because I'm sick of planning a freaking wedding (laughs) so um yeah I I chalked a lot of it up to it's just the same old shit as always you know (laughs) of wedding planning every person who gets married goes through all the same crap um but uh yeah so I I I respect their decision and I even like 
you know, all of her, their kind of dialogue too about, um, you know, like, well, is, aren't we like behooven to get married since it was like a thing that we had to fight for as a, as a community. And he's like, no, <laughs> it's like, that's, it's, you know, if it's something that was kept from us for that long, like who's to say we have to, you know, commit to each other any specific way. So I liked that. Um, well, it's like, you think of all the women who have worked so hard to get women in a workplace here, women in a workplace there. And then, um, but if you're a woman who decides to stay home and raise kids, that's okay. Yeah. And you're not less of a woman because you aren't, you know, out working. Yeah. It's all just however you want to do it. Um, but the romantic and me did want them to get married. I'm not going to lie. growth which has to do with his like family you know he says that I've spent a lot of my life living by a set of rules that I never really interrogated me and you make me interrogate them mm-hmm. and so I think that I think he even says you know maybe I'm not as conventional you know as I thought yeah I think I think they are saying to each other in that scene like right before they decide to not go through with the ceremony is that we are going to be together like long-term like this is I feel like this is it for me like they're going to be life partners but they just don't want to do like marriage yeah that's kind of where I feel that they are where we yeah I guess but even so even then at that point I was kind of like okay so can we just like stand in front of our friends and just say like we're doing this and like you know (laughs) enjoy the party and they couldn't um, stay for the party (laughs) yeah yeah um I don't know um but I I you know I I respect their decision to commit to each other however they see fit I'm just used to having a freaking wedding (laughs) (laughs) and an epilogue with a pregnancy (laughs) (laughs) which would be be a little different in this scenario but I mean, obviously there's a book called father material, so something's going to happen. They're at least going to have the conversation, (laughs) which I did agree with the James Royce Royces about like, you're getting married and you haven't talked about whether either one of you wants wants kids. kids. (laughs) Seems like a, you know, something that needs to be discussed. Yeah. Um, and I, I will say I did like in that conversation where they're deciding to not follow through with the wedding that where he's like uh Luke is saying well I thought about calling it off too but I I loved you (laughs) enough to to follow through with it anyway he's like are you not seeing the problem with that (laughs) I just I like I thought that was funny um okay this is the part where I say let's talk about sex baby um it's like off page all the time right yeah just kind of referred to um but still it's like I said very romantic very romantic the like you know and also the banter about you know the like I said earlier yeah punishment sex (laughs) and all of that stuff was funny and um I love those moments where Oliver's kind of in his head and Luke is 
you know, trying to get him to laugh. And like, even when, when they're at the funeral, he's like, you're not going to get me to laugh. And he's like, challenge accepted. <laughs> that sounds like a, a challenge. Um, so I don't know. Um, but it's, it's mentioned that they are having an active sex life. So hurrah. Um, but yeah, all of it was off page here, yeah. which I was, It was in keeping with the last book too. It was in keeping with the tone of the book too, I think. Yeah. Um, What is your swooniest moment? We're going to go to Jennifer first. Uh, I'm going to go with a a smaller swoonier moment, but towards the end, when they are at the restaurant again, uh, Mm -hmm. was it Quo Vetus? I'm not sure how to say that, pronounce Uh, that. Yeah. I know some, it's something oh. Vidal Quo or something like that. Yeah. Um, and he gets him the vegan lemon posset, which yeah. means that he called the restaurant ahead of time and arranged it all. And that was so <laughs> sweet yeah. and romantic. And it involved planning, <laughs> which Oliver loves. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it was and like co- contrasting that with like the disaster of their first date in boyfriend material um was just so sweet and swoony that that luke did that for oliver i also i, I also really enjoyed that mom i'm going there were many because i think yeah. i think these two are very swoony yeah. um i'm gonna go with one though that we just haven't spoken about yet and it's a part i really liked and that's when they were in the bathtub at the big house and um just that whole scene of them falling into the tub and yeah and uh his shirt getting all wet and he's like well, I, I like what's going on here <laughs> and how insecure I know Oliver. Sweet Oliver is and like you know I haven't been to the gym regularly we like, know oh, from the first on, Oliver that like you know Luke basically calls him out and tells him like I think you have some like body issues <laughs> like you probably <laughs> have an eating disorder um and so that this is still a thing that he's dealing with and and that's also a moment that shows a lot of growth for Luke too because he says like you know I I could call out the fact that when he is severe on his own body like it's makes me feel like shit because he looks a lot better than (laughs) I look and um he said but I'm mature enough to recognize that this is his thing that is all internal and he's not it's not a reflection on me it's his own image of himself himself, his own Um, self-image no I also really liked that moment and and we always like a wet white shirt yeah I mean I was on board with that (laughs) um love in front of the fire yeah that 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 was good too and that was the same Kind of yeah the same, same evening yeah. yeah um I'm gonna go with the pretty woman scene that was good um because good. I love pretty woman and um and a candy necklace and a jewelry box <laughs> yeah I love, and I loved the whole of them trying to and, like, ow and trying, <laughs> they're both trying to <laughs> do it time it yeah um I I loved I loved that that was my swooniest moment and it was and I, it because it happened in the midst of that whole Bridget Tom thing when I was getting a little bogged down I was like yes this is what I came for give me more of this <laughs> mama like um okay let's hear from some of the other listeners besides Jennifer who's a regular 
contributor who we usually hear from. Um, but let's hear from some other listeners on what they thought. We're kind of all over the board here. So Sarah says, I read this as soon as it came out. I was really looking forward to revisiting these characters. I don't characters. I don't know if this book suffered because I had such high expectations for it. I was so frustrated by the conflict. It had such an easy solution. I found myself wanting to scream at my Kindle. I'll keep reading the series, but this was just a like for me. I'm wondering what she's determining to be the conflict. Them not wanting to get married or? I don't know. Let us know, Sarah. Um, A different Sarah says, I adored boyfriend material, so perhaps my expectations were too high for husband material. Alexis Hall's writing is delightful, as always, and I enjoyed it, but the magic of the first book was missing. Again, my expectations were sky high. I wanted more Oliver and Luke together. I feel like the conflicts were a bit repetitive and the ending was abrupt. I'll give to this one, I'll give this one, I'll have to give this one a reread sometime now. Um, My expectations have been tempered. I still enjoyed it, but it's not on the same level as the first book. Um, Ava says, I could be in the minority here, but I loved this book more than boyfriend material. Surprising. I didn't have any expectations for this book, so maybe that helped me to find it so enjoyable. I do acknowledge that the beginning was a bit slow and tedious, but I still enjoyed revisiting characters we had met before. I left I laughed out loud so many times listening to this book. Maybe it stems from my love for British sitcoms of years past. Also, I found Luke's self-sabotaging in the first book irritated. So I love seeing a slightly more mature version in this book fair i even found their conflict by the way uh between luke and oliver to be somewhat reasonable for once it was not just a simple communication communicate this one secret like many a romance novel and all is resolved it was based on their respective backgrounds and required effort from each of them to come to an understanding even if it did get dragged out a little too much that i found exhausting Finally, I enjoyed the way the book was organized, even though I haven't seen four weddings and a funeral. I would even like to know many of the characters in the book in real life, except Oliver's parents. Fair. <laughs> I don't um, know. I think Alex would be a little tedious. I will. I um. I do agree with the. Uh, Luke was more palatable. Yes. This time, but that's you know to be expected from the that's to be hoped for from the growth that we had in the first book. Um, Shabani says, I loved it. I laughed out loud so many times. I listened to it as an audiobook while walking my dogs and definitely got some looks. LOL. <laughs> Been there. Um, Cassie says, Oh, this was a disappointment for me. The most pressing thought I had while reading this, as well as after finishing it, was why was this made? <laughs> Yeah, I feel that. Uh, I rarely read romance novels that follow the same couple through multiple books because they always inevitably have never-ending drama in the relationship to provide plot for multiple books. And it leaves me feeling like the couple shouldn't be together anymore when there's so much drama and bickering in their relationship. This book illustrated that perfectly. The book was jam-packed with meaningless arguments between Luke and Oliver, some of which were minor, but some of which were pretty major. And it made me think that these two won't or shouldn't stay together in the long run. Luke is too immature and insecure. And I really think the series would benefit from a dual POV just to get out of Luke's perspective every once in a while. I really wanted to like this book because I love Oliver so much and I liked their dynamic and boyfriend material, but this was so drawn out and was kind of a slog to get through. 
the scene describing every step Luke took to make vegan French toast for Oliver really stood out to me as laughably detailed for no reason. I will admit to skimming through a lot of that (laughs) scene, especially where I was in my reading journey with this book. Um, The four weddings and a funeral plot took center stage for too long and the ending was not it for me. I wanted to like this one, but unfortunately it was way too long with too much bickering between the main couple. The storyline would have made for a fun hundred page novella with limited bickering between Luke and Oliver and maybe just one wedding and the funeral. Um, yeah, I think Cassie feels a little bit more strongly about it than I do, but, um, I'm kind of with her on a lot of those comments. Uh, Catherine says, listen, I adore that two people named James Royce got married and now they are James Royce Royce. I support that, but naming your child James Royce Royce is where you lose me. Sorry, gentlemen. Still love that family though. And all their appearances throughout the book. I think I freaked out more than Bridget did about her not having her wedding dress more power to her. I knew which ring would be perfect for Oliver right when it was described. And I was happy Luke picked it. I tend to find, I tend to find jokes about name spelling variations, unfunny and played out. And the super strange thing about the Anna with one N is that it is the classic spelling and pronunciation in many countries and communities. So the joke didn't make sense on multiple levels, mom. I thought it was funny. <laughs> I imagine one of the questions will be what we think about what we think about romance novels dealing with this stage of relationship. Maybe it should have been. My thought <laughs> is that I loved this one. Missed opportunity. And I loved seeing them at this stage in the relationship, but I don't necessarily need this for all couples and all books. I think this was a special case. I recently read a college romance where they'd already been dating over a year before the book started and she found out he was a superhero. And I really liked that one as well. Uh, Not the Mariana Zapata superhero one that has the traditional structure and is also amazing. So yes, I've been enjoying these past the meet cute books I've been reading lately, but I don't need all romance novels to be like this. I like it more as a special case slash less common. What do we think about that? About books where they're already already together. I haven't read too many. Um ones that stand out is uh Happily Ever Ninja. Yeah. With uh by and, Penny Reed. Yeah. Fiona and Greg. Fiona and Greg in the knitting in the city series. Yeah. Um and that one I loved. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think it needs to be a special, it needs to not be very often because I don't think they're all real written really well. You have to be, you have to write them carefully in order for them to be entertaining and romantic. I think of any other books like this, but I did think of um, the movie trilogy, The Before with Ethan Hawke and Julie Delphi. Have you guys oh, the seen before that? sunrise, sunset, yep. midnight or whatever. Mm-hmm. I yeah, haven't seen any of them, are, but yeah. Oh, those are amazing. They, they follow them like between the first and second movie is 10 years. And then between the second and third movie is another 10 years. And so um, it kind of leaves you hanging at the end of each movie. So in a sense of like, did we need those sequels? But they're those are so well-written and romantic. And that. they get at the heart of in what, you know, in some of the movies get at the heart of like what, you know, love and romance and being together for a long time. 
could mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, um, I don't know that I need this. Um, I, I'm definitely of the meet cute variety. I like, I like that. Um, but I think if it can be done well, I will read it. It's like anything, <laughs> you know, it's like we talked about with second chance romance. It's like, it's not my favorite, but I, there are second chance romances that I love a whole lot. Um, so it just kind of depends on, on how it's done. How it's done. Um, Kelsey says, I didn't love this one as much as the first. I hated how they forgot to communicate. Luke was, uh, to be working on things and he did it but then they just didn't talk about stuff. I feel like they felt pressure to be married like everyone else rather than do what fits them. There were a lot of swoony moments though. And two scenes I wish were not fade to black. <laughs> Kelsey. Um, Maida says, I was a little disappointed in this one after loving boyfriend material. The first third of the book was just hijinks and Luke and Oliver weren't even on page together. I was so bored. I stopped and read the billionaire's wake up call girl, which was also on the fall book poll. Super fun read. I have read that. It is a fun read. Husband material picked up a little in the second half, but the mood was frustrating and sad until the very end. The writing as always was clever, but I almost felt it was filled with too many asides this time. That's fair. Um, Lori says, so I apologize in advance for my long-windedness. Uh, this is like-minded Lori, by the way. So let's see. Let's see how she like minds. Uh, I have feelings. I am clean, keenly aware that my like-minded status is definitely on the line with this one. Um, but I'm just going to have to be okay with that. Like most people who loved Boyfriend Material, I had such fondness for these characters in this world. All I really wanted was to love this book just as much. And to be fair, there was a lot that I loved. I honestly laughed out loud so many times I couldn't listen to it in the grocery store without embarrassing myself hat tip to the brilliant narration by joe jameson um he does do a good job the banter and wit were still top notch and i loved seeing the friends dynamics and workplace shenanigans still going strong and i was willing to let all that sustain me while trying to suppress the suspicion that maybe luke and oliver were somehow just disappointing me just a tiny little bit I mean, I loved learning that Oliver was in therapy to deal with his eating issues and family struggles. That eulogy was brilliant, heartbreaking, but brilliant. And I thought it was sweet that Luke was constantly wanting to be a better person because he felt like that was what Oliver deserved. But there was an impending sense of doom that lingered throughout the book that I sort of low-key resented since I was so invested in these guys. It seems reasonable to expect that the conceit of a follow-up to boyfriend material with a book called husband material is that you're going to see them transition from the boyfriend to husbands that are depicted in the title. So while I thought I really wanted to see them say I do as the book went on, I could tell that was maybe not what needed to happen. And I felt a little cheated, if I'm honest. I can appreciate why they chose not to get married. Their choice really did make the most sense for them. The Luke and Oliver in this book had no business getting married, but to have this monumental revelation after a brief three minute conversation, only for them to run out of the wedding ven venue, the end movie similarities or not, I pretty much hated the ending, which is kind of a big deal. I needed, or maybe just really, really wanted a bit more of the relief that followed their decision. See why this conclusion was the right conclusion for these two characters. The fact that we know we've got another book coming definitely helps. That announcement came 
right after this book released. And I have no doubt that was a very strategic move. Right before I'm, this book released. Oh, uh, right before this book released. And I have no doubt that was a very strategic move. I'm selfishly hope, holding out hope that the next book wraps things up in a way that I find more satisfying because I want all good things for these fictional people I've become so ridiculously fond of. <laughs> Um, Lori, I don't think you, I mean, like we didn't express specifically that, but I, I don't disagree with you. So, so still like-minded. So you still got it, Lori. <sighs> don't worry about it. Still got it going on. Um, Gail says, so what to say about husband material? I'll call it a really like, I loved being back in Luke and Oliver's world. Again, I had my doubts about reading a sequel to a romance because it could just be more of the same. And it was, it definitely moved slower than the first book. And I was more willing to put it down. It took me a bit to realize it was a four weddings and a funeral ripoff. And I definitely like the funeral section the best because we saw the most character growth there. Swinniest moments were Oliver going to Luke's apartment after the death of his dad to sleep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the rehashing of the first date. I thought not having the fourth wedding was in keeping with the movie plot. And it may be in keeping with Luke and Oliver's relationship. But they spent so much time (coughs) in the book thinking the other wanted to break up with them. That I'm not sure not having wedding is the best answer to that problem. As much as I liked being in Luke and Oliver's world again, the book was a bit of a slog to get through. Especially as it ended right where it started fair enough yes i don't disagree and then finally jen says i first listened to this book when it was released i really liked it i was happy to be back in luke and oliver's world but boy did it stress me out i re-listened this weekend and i feel i was able to get more out of it because i knew how things played out i enjoyed bridges section more because i didn't let the luke and oliver's drama frustrate me and i was free to enjoy the silly antics tom being a spy was not something i was anticipating lol but we knew that right from the first book yeah there were so many wonderful moments in this book here are some of my favorite any scene with luke's mom luke's mom is great she's always great uh name five things luke is better at than oliver (laughs) luke telling miles off yeah oliver's eulogy Oliver and his brother making up the bath and the fireplace and grand theft Darjeeling (laughs) overall, even though this wasn't a love the way the boyfriend material was, it's a really like with some pretty special moments that will always stay with me. Yeah. I think that's about right where I am as well. Um, Jennifer thought final thoughts from you on husband material. leave them in a better place even when they started um i think that they've like talked through some issues and i think that um seeing them like argue or bicker but that they keep coming back to each other and are there and like support each other and Mm -hmm. you know we see that they love each other um take care of each other and are really there for each other emotionally and they can uh, well we're in Luke's point of view but we see him like make that connection like oh I I need to I've said the wrong thing or I need to express that differently and so I think that they have they've definitely grown since boyfriend material but I think also like from the beginning of the book I think I think they're gonna make it yeah (laughs) I I agree I like they have some moments right of like oh that's kind of rough But um, at the end of the day, I still 
have faith in them. And I, it's kind of like what we talked about. I kind of amounted a lot of the arguments that they had to just wedding planning. Like I've just, I've seen this happen too many times where it's just wedding planning just kind of brings out the worst in, in people. And it does, you know, that's why like the older I got, I was just like, if, if I ever get married, it's going to be such an inconsequential event. It's going to be ridiculous, but, um, but yeah, so I still have faith in them. I am fine. I, you know, I'm left a little, a little disappointed in their decision, but that's just the, the romantic, the romantic in me. Um, and the romantic who doesn't want to have a wedding, (laughs) but, um, (laughs) but, uh, and it's like I said, um, I was happy to spend some time with these people. I think I would have been more patient with the book if I wasn't trying to hustle and get it read. Well, I would have liked to have more Oliver and, um, Luke and less of some of the other shenanigans, but yeah. Um, but it's still, Alexis Hall's writing is still delightful It is, and Oliver and Luke are still MFEO and the banter is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's still all good. Um, okay. That is going to conclude our um, husband material section portion of the program. Um, and now begins our Jennifer portion of the program, um, because this is what we traditionally do with the guests on the show is we get to know a little bit more about their um romance reading journey in a feature we call get to know a book club member i don't know if i've always called it that but name sounds like a sounds like we need a theme song get a new book (laughs) you guys know i'm not great at coming up with theme songs you are unless they're based off of commercial jingles that are already (laughs) you are self-professed as being the jingle maker yeah um, okay. So Jennifer, first of all, tell us a little, however, whatever you're comfortable telling us about yourself, what you do, what you, what you get up to in your daily life. I live in the Pacific Northwest, um, with my family, with my husband and, and kid. Um, and for work, I am a fundraiser at a nonprofit. So okay, that's a big part. Why I also love boyfriend material I've never read a fundraiser in a novel before like as a profession mm-hmm. and I think even though like charities nonprofits are different like across Great Britain I think I've never um he really hits a nail on the head in boyfriend material with the scenes with the donors are hilarious and yeah. like pretty true <laughs> So I'm assuming you don't do dung beetles. Is that? No, I do not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. And I I work at a place that's much larger than just the little C-R-A-P-P. Yeah. (laughs) Four person operation or whatever it is. But I would, I would tell, I've had told like everyone at at work on my team, you need to read this. It's so funny. It's about a fundraiser. (laughs) so that's why I was glad that he was still working there in this book, even though we had a lot less to do with the don't like the, his day-to-day the workplace. Work yeah. was not really didn't figure into this book and it, it did in the first novel, but um, yeah. 
Okay. Um, what was your gateway drug into reading romance? Are you a lifelonger? Did you start later in life? What was the book, if you remember, that got you started? I'm very recent to romance reading. I think in the maybe like a lot of people in the pandemic. I okay. just wanted something cheerful right. and fun and happy endings. Um, but it, but a few years before that, I did read The Hating Game. Um, okay, good gateway drug. Yeah, I used to be, I will say, uh, like a snob, like literary fiction, terrible snob. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I heard of The Hating, Hating Game is because it was reviewed in on NPR. Okay. <laughs> A terrible person <laughs> so you sound um, more like a snob now <laughs> <laughs> Yep. <laughs> but it was so funny and just i love that book it's hilarious and swoony and funny and mm-hmm. i love the characters uh, but i didn't read anything else like in romance until um and then red white and royal blue okay um, which i also absolutely loved i don't even remember how i heard about that book um but then during, um, during the pandemic, I thought, I love, I've reread The Hating Game several times. I thought, oh, it'd be fun to listen to maybe a podcast about The Hating Game. I'm sure there's, there's one out there, or people that have talked about it. And that's how I found you guys, okay. <laughs> your episode on The Hating Game. And, and then I thought, um, this is so fun. <laughs> this is great. And I, I think I joined in sp- spring of 2020 with like the, the, that spring reading group. And I just started reading the novels that you were reading. And then I also went back because that's then how I discovered boyfriend material would go back and read like in, you know, in the previous years. Yeah. Um, and read some of the books that you had talked about in the podcast too. So it's all because well, and especially boyfriend material. Like I know we've brought that one up a lot, like in subsequent yeah. episodes yeah. <laughs> as we that loved book. it. Yeah. yeah. Um, Okay. What is your, like, if you are asked what your favorite book is, romance or otherwise, what, what do you say? You can be as pretentious as you want here, Jennifer. It's fine. <laughs> Maybe something NPR recommended. <laughs> um, my standard answer a few years ago, it used to actually be a Neil, uh, a few Neil Gaiman books. Okay. Like Ocean at the End of the Lane, um, American Gods. I also like used to kind of like science science fiction and fantasy too um and margaret atwood like one of my favorite writers um but i would say like the book that means the most to me since childhood and all is little women okay yeah it's good little women yeah a lot of those like you know a lot of the comfort reads of your even if it's like into a teen well i i read little women when i was a child and loved it and um child I don't know, probably preteen something. Yeah. And the, but the, my memory of little women is when I was living away from home and I have two sisters and I was living away from home and I took you, we went to the movie to see the movie. It was the Winona Ryder version. And um, I just sat in that movie and sobbed like a baby, like sobbed, <laughs> sobbed like the entire because time. it made me miss my sisters. <laughs> And now I think, why would I miss them? They usually <laughs> drive me crazy. But um, at the time I had been away from family for a while. And I just remember crying, ugly crying through that movie. You did. I remember that. Yeah. Left it, left an impression. Yeah. 
Um, okay. What is your favorite? So you've kind of touched on this, but what's like your favorite genre go to besides a romance? Um, yeah, I would say just uh, women's fiction or some literary fiction. Like I yeah. hate, but like literary. See what I've like learned in these past few years is that uh, romance novels are just as literary and yes, beautifully written and like that's I. Uh, you know, boyfriend material, I would say is my favorite book now. Um, I think it's so just besides being like funny and witty, like the emotional depth is yeah. really, and the voice is so strong. Like Luke's voice, the character comes through. Um, and I was thinking about, you know, it's first person and it's written in the past tense, but it is so immediate. Yeah. <laughs> like it's almost, he's, like happening a second after, like versus, like usually you would associate being really close voice with like the present tense, maybe. I, don't mm-hmm. know. I was trying to think about that. Why is the voice so strong? But it's just uh, Alexis Hall's writing is yeah uh, outstanding. I mean, <laughs> and I uh, repent of being a snob now because like um, him and Kate Claiborne and like uh, several other, their writing is just outstanding. And the characterization it's just beautiful yeah I mean like I definitely won't say that every romance that we read is like wow like you know NPR recommended um <laughs> but uh but I also think a lot of yeah like well, there's a lot of them that get overlooked just because they have romance in them you know like I, there's yeah there's a lot of them this one um any Kennedy freaking Ryan uh, yeah um there's there's a lot of books that are on par with some of like the most beautiful writing I've ever read you know like and it's um but it's just something about having romance in it that makes it or having that label of romance that makes it automatically less than which you know we've talked about as not being a fan of um and I'm happy to hear that you've seen the light Jennifer (laughs) um Okay, so what is your favorite, um, well, okay, what's your favorite trope? Um, I, I or favorite trope? Only one of your listeners who likes insta-love. <laughs> You're not the only insta-love, no. um, but I don't, I haven't heard that one being like a favorite, so that's yeah. interesting. I love it, and um, like one night, one night stand that turns into something else. I do like that too. Um, that's excited. Not, not to spoil, but I'm excited for next week. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> um, and a reformed rake. I love a reformed yeah, rake. Those, really. are always, those are always good. Yeah. Um, Sebastian St. Vincent. Yeah. Yeah. He's classic. He's classic. Yeah. Um, he's like, I really thought there's the, no way. The most reformed of all. <laughs> there's reformers. no way I'm gonna like this guy. Um, or an Ellen, I know you've you've mentioned priest before, but what about Sean Bell and um Sinner? Have you read yeah. that one? Um, I haven't read Sinner. Mom um, can never read any Sarah Simones ever. Never. I <laughs> um priest is too much for me. It's I was like, mm, it, it just crossed some lines for me. Yeah. I would say that Sinner is <laughs> like an erotic, inspirational romance uh-huh. about Sean Bell's um, 
relationship with um what's her name <laughs> i forget her name Z- I don't. Z- or something. Z- not zany sorry yeah um and his catholic face yeah faith and it's just such a strange novel that way but i was like she always at some point she is very interesting writer like she gets like really like she gets really like angsty and emotional but then also has some like crazy bonkers sexy stuff going on and it's like it's the like the dichotomy there is like oh this is very uh jarring but anyway i didn't think there was anything that like crossed the line like in a church or there was nothing like that in this book i wouldn't say it was just more i will say i started reading <laughs> i started reading priest yeah. and then i was kind of like eh, priest. eh i don't i don't anymore and so then i think that kind of turned me off on center is where i will say and she won't let me read any of them so he's a big reformed rake sean bell yeah okay <laughs> noted i'll <laughs> make a tick tick um Okay, what would you recommend to someone you're trying to get into romance? Um, I always I've recommended Boyfriend Betrayal a lot <laughs> to people. I have too, actually. Yeah. Um, and The Hating Game, I recommend that. Yeah. You know, as that's... well, just because it's so, it's so funny. <laughs> like, laugh out loud. Well, and both of them are, um, like, because they both have... So, I equate Boyfriend Betrayal. I'm like, it's very... British rom-com it's very like Richard Curtis it's got a lot of like those kind of you know so this one is literally for a funeral. funeral but it's got a lot of um and they have Hill. a whole conversation about um love actually love actually Bridget mm-hmm. it's got a lot actually. of that like mm-hmm. va- flavor to it and then like hating game has a lot of more like romantic like American romantic comedy flavor to yeah. it and so like I like recommending Just those because Australian. yeah but you know what I mean they're both very like familiar you know um they both have kind of familiar vibes and it's so I think it's a good entryway for a lot of people because that's much more of a I don't know a way of easing them into some of the so I I've those are two that I also recommend a lot too is is I've recommended boyfriend material a lot and um, well like we've recommended I don't know if you've read Penny Reed but we've recommended um the Winston brothers mm-hmm. the problem with the Winston brothers if you're trying to get someone who's never read romance into romance the very first chapter of the very first book of the Winston brothers is like pretty what <laughs> yeah. so you know you gotta you gotta take those things into consideration when you're recommending yeah. books um who uh, are oh go ahead sorry I just want to say I love um about insta love is I believe that could happen in real life more than I would believe anything like fake dating. <laughs> I would oh, definitely agree with that. that. And I mean, so I just think it's romantic and, you know, swoony, especially when like the guy falls first. And I have, you know, stories that I know people have, like, you know, fallen in love and uh, like on vacation and like one friend on in Rome with a guy who was in Australia. And then um, I was in their wedding and they've been married like 20 years so I got engaged two weeks after I met my husband so (laughs) and we've been married for 40 years (laughs) yeah no I would definitely agree with that I mean like listen we've made it very clear that um some of our beef with fake dating as of late so um 
Uh, yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I don't think there's such a thing as fake dating. That's my problem right. with fake dating. I think especially either, nowadays you're either dating or you're not dating. There's no such thing as fake dating. I get fake relationship where it's like, Oh, we got to pretend we're engaged for some, you know, crazy reason, but to be fake dating, that's, that's not a thing. Yeah. Um, who are some of your favorite authors right now? Um, Denise Williams. I love, okay. Um, how to fail at flirting is one of my favorites also that I found through your podcast Mm -hmm. and then she's written like um, two other novels and some novellas and I really I really like those her her second one was good I think it like almost made a poll and didn't quite make cut but um yeah okay Kate Claiborne yeah um and rosie dannon i love those two books (laughs) yeah we do love rosie dannon as well we love rosie um good picks good picks um and then you actually already answered this question of what got you started listening to us um so we'll skip that one what is a book you would like to see us do on the show that we haven't done is there one that you've read um yes um You've made a fool out of death with your beauty. Oh, Akweke Emeze. Where did you have that on the free for all? No, someone else did. I think that's how I heard about it. Yeah, and I think I I put it on the poll, or someone else did too. Okay, it's so interesting. And I saw her interview with um, Trevor Noah that she was like a, you know, quote unquote, lit fic, fiction writer, mm-hmm. or I know that she's written a couple of other novels that have won prizes and which I haven't read yet, although they're on my like, you know, to be read list. Yeah. But it is, again, the, the writing in that is really beautiful. It goes some places that um, you're like, oh, I didn't see that coming, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and it's, it's really i thought it, i thought it was really a great it's quite a great, title great yeah it's yeah. say that it's i think it's a, a song lyric but i forget okay um, which i when i was you know reading a review about it okay um all right that's that's all the questions that i have for jennifer um jennifer thank you so much for especially because we kind of gave you the runaround on the time a few times so <laughs> because we kept not being ready um so we appreciate you and your patience um and also just taking the time to come and chat with us we've had a lovely time i really appreciate I mean, the time I won't too. Say lovely. too fun yeah um so those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on both jennifer and husband material by alexis hall we would love to hear more from you on our facebook page our facebook group where you can find jennifer um and that group is not your mom's facebook group our goodreads group our twitter and instagram which are both at not your mom's rom or you can email us at not your mom's ruins book club at gmail.com so if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts or if you would like to suggest a book for us to read we'd love to hear from you on October 24th, we will be chatting about Thank You for Listening by Julia Whelan. Remember, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free. Don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show, and we just love to read them. All right. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Mom. You're welcome. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.
Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.